Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, today is this great feast of the most holy body and blood of Christ, the feast of Corpus Christi. It always gives us a good opportunity to reflect upon the liturgy, the Eucharist, the Mass, these great realities that stand at the very heart and center of the faith. You know, I belong to the generation that came of age right after Vatican II. And during that period, late 60s and 70s, a huge stress was placed upon the Mass as a meal. We talked about the altar usually as a table, and we stressed the gathered community around the table of the Lord having a meal of fellowship with each other and with Christ. Now, was that language wrong? No, nothing at all wrong with it. All that's a very legitimate way of talking about the Mass. But I would say this, it was one-sided. It saw it only from one angle, one perspective, and it tended to bracket something of enormous importance. Namely, that the Mass is more than just a fellowship meal. It is also a sacrifice. And that piece of furniture at the very center of the church is more than a table. It's also an altar on which a sacrifice is performed. But you know, my generation just didn't hear that language very much. And as a result, we've now passed on, I think, a certain ignorance about the Mass to another generation. I would submit if you said to most Catholics under the age of, let's say, 50, is the Mass a sacrifice? My guess is a lot of them wouldn't even know what that language is about. Well, look at our readings for today, for this feast. They are all about sacrifice. I think I told you before that In the minds of ancient peoples, certainly in the minds of the authors of the Bible, this reality of sacrifice was paramount. Sacrifice was everywhere in the religious practice of the ancient world and clearly present in the Bible. I want you to see something. In the Old Testament, we often see a close association between sacrifice and covenant. God, we hear, makes a series of covenants with his people, solemn agreements. I will be your God, you will be my people. And in every case, these covenants are sealed by a sacrifice, by a blood sacrifice. Now, for example, the first great covenant is the one made with Noah. After the flood, God puts that great rainbow in the sky, and then he says, I make an agreement, a covenant with you. I will never again destroy the earth in this manner. I am the God who is for human flourishing. 
And then to seal that covenant, Noah performs a sacrifice. He sacrifices an animal to the Lord. We also see it, of course, in the case of Abraham. In Abraham, God forms a people. He forms this new people, Israel. I will be your God, and you will be the special vehicle of my purposes in the world. And then to seal that covenant, that contract, Abraham performs a sacrifice. Remember we hear in the book of Genesis that he cut several animals in half. The presence of God passes between them, sealing this agreement. And then we hear of a third great covenant, and it's the very center of our first reading. It's a covenant that God made with Moses when he gave the Ten Commandments, when he gave the law that would govern his people. And what do we hear? Moses, to ratify this covenant, offered holocausts and the sacrifice of young bulls as peace offerings to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood, put it in large bowls. The other half he splashed on the altar. Then, taking the book of the covenant, he read it aloud to the people, who answered, All that the Lord has said, we will heed and do. Then he took the blood and sprinkled it on the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant the Lord has made with you. Now, I read that rather extensively from the first reading to give you a feel for the biblical imagination. God's made a covenant, but now it's ratified in the blood of these bulls and goats. Moses splashes some of the blood on the altar. He splashes the rest on the people. Now, I know that probably strikes us today as kind of a grotesque, even disgusting image. I bet most of you wouldn't like it if I, in the course of the Mass, sprinkled animals' blood on you. But see, the idea is this. We are pledging our lifeblood to God, and God is pledging his lifeblood to us. We might think, well, okay, a covenant has been made, and so I'm going to agree to it rationally, intellectually. Okay, that's part of it. But see, if you want to say, I am ratifying this covenant with my whole life, with everything in me, you do it in blood. It seems being said here, it's as though God and Israel become blood brothers, connected by the deepest sort of bond. There's one other great covenant beyond the Moses covenant, the one that God makes with David. I will set a son, the fruit of your body, on the throne of Israel. Through you, David, will come the Messiah, who is to shepherd my people. And then, in the wake of that Davidic covenant, there occurs the long centuries of temple sacrifice. In the great temple of Jerusalem, round the clock, animals are sacrificed to God, ratifying the Davidic covenant. Okay. Alien to us, perhaps, but basic to the Bible is this reality. But there's a problem. The problem is, though God consistently keeps his side of the bargain, though God is faithful to this blood covenant he's made, Israel is not. 
Israel does not live up to its end of the covenant. And so there begins a longing within Israel that one day the covenant would be fully realized. One day the fidelity of God would meet the answering fidelity of his people. Oh, we can hear the cadences of this in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31. Listen. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors, for I will write my law on their hearts. That's the dream, that's the prophecy, that one day this covenant will be so complete, it will be ratified so utterly, both in the blood of God and in the blood of Israel, that God and the people would be united. Now, against that very rich background, let us look at the gospel for today, the gospel for the feast of Corpus Christi. It's taken from the Gospel of Mark and describes the Last Supper. Listen. While they were eating, he took bread and said the blessing, broke it, gave it to them and said, take it. This is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks and gave it to them and they all drank from it. He said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which will be shed for many. The two ideas there come together. This is my blood of the covenant. From Noah to Abraham to Moses to David. And now, with the dream of Jeremiah in mind, Jesus says, this is the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. What Jeremiah dreamed of now becomes a reality in Jesus. You see why? You see why? Because Jesus is in his own person, the unity of God and humanity. He is both divine and human. Therefore, when he pours out his blood, it is the blood both of God and of humanity. The blood pledging the fidelity of God to his people and the blood of Israel pledging fidelity to God. Do you see how in the sacrifice of Jesus the dream of Jeremiah becomes a reality? In the sacrifice of Jesus now the whole history of Israel comes to its climax Divinity and humanity meet. Now what's the Mass? The Mass is an unbloody representation, representation of the sacrifice of Calvary. What happens at the Mass is we, even now, as we participate in it, are brought back to Calvary. Calvary is brought to the present moment. And we, here and now, participate in the dynamics of Christ's sacrifice, which saves the world, 
which reconciles divinity and humanity. Christ's blood poured out is now made present to us in the sacrifice of the Mass. There's the heart of it. The body and blood of Christ offered on Calvary, offered now to us. What about the meal? What about the gathering? Isn't this altar also a table? Yes, yes. Now we can bring in all of that language that my generation was very formed in. What do we do with this sacrifice? What do we do with this body offered, this blood poured out? We eat them and we drink them. You see how powerful and visceral this is. Moses sprinkles the blood on the people. Oh, we do much more than that. We ingest the body and blood of Christ. Why? That we might be conformed even now to that sacrifice in the most visceral, powerful, bodily way possible by eating it and drinking it. We have a fellowship with the sacrifice of Christ and therefore we are connected to each other in love. That's how it works. What the Mass is not is primarily a celebration of ourselves. It's not a celebration of our community. What the Mass is is this culmination of Israelite history, the culmination of this sacrificial tradition. But now we have the privilege of eating and drinking and incorporating into ourselves the Corpus Christi and the blood of Christ. How beautiful. How wonderful. That's the Mass. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.